Hey, welcome to our journey through the Bible. I hope that you're having a good week. Uh, This is uh, being dropped on Thursday, uh, but whenever you're listening to it, I hope uh, that you've had a wonderful day, and and I hope that this is an encouragement to you, uh, and and, uh, maybe get a chance to to learn something that you, you haven't before as we're continuing to go through the Bible in a chronological order. Uh, We are now uh, in Genesis chapter 16. We're going to go 16 through 20 uh, today. So if you need to take a moment, uh, pause and go and read Genesis 16 through 20. Uh, But let's let's, uh, pick up where we left off. All right, right where we left off is that uh, Abram has moved from from Ur. So he's moved all the way to the promised land. Uh, He's made a detour to, to Egypt because of a famine. He's come back. He's had to fight a battle. Uh, he and, and Lot, his brother, they've been, they've split now. Um, and Abram kind of is wondering what, what all is going on? I've spent years now, and this is years later. Um, that's one thing. So many times we read and we think, ah, this is just happening really quickly. No, this is, this is taking a long time. And Abram's not seeing the promises that God, uh, has, has made to him. He is in the land. Right? But he's not seen any evidence that there's going to be a people that come from him. Why? Because he doesn't have any children. Right? Pretty easy to put that together. And so his wife, Sarah, also, who she is in on this promise as well. She's, she's part of uh, this covenant that God has made with, with Abram. Uh, and she's starting to wonder, hey, what's going on? So she comes up with a brilliant idea. Now, I would recommend in your uh, family relationship and your relationship with your wife and your husband, that you don't adopt these practices. These practices were common uh, back in the day, um, but I think we'll see why they weren't very wise. Just because something is common doesn't mean it's wise to do. So Sarah actually comes up to Abram and says, hey, we don't have any kids. This is a problem, um, but we can fix this. Why don't you go and sleep with my servant, my maid? Uh, Hagar. And, and uh, Abram is like, all right. You know, now, for us, that sounds a little weird, and, and it, it should sound a little weird, but that actually was common for women who could not have children. Uh, their, their servants or their maids would have children, and those children would be considered um, uh, you know, legal heirs, if you will, um, to Abram. Um, that, that did happen but that is obviously not what God desired, um, as we will see. Um, and it obviously, just because it was a common thing, didn't mean it would work out well. And so this happens. Uh, Sarah is obviously already concerned with because she's not able to have children, which that, back then, in fact, this, this kind of goes to Abraham's uh, righteousness, the fact that he hadn't divorced uh, Sarah because if you couldn't bear children in that culture, that, that was the, the main benefit that you brought, unfortunately. That, that's how it was viewed. And many times, if you didn't have children, a husband would move on. Uh, but Abram had not done that. But so Abram does what Sarah uh, wants. Uh, he sleeps with Hagar, uh, and she becomes uh, pregnant. And then Sarah gets upset, which, of course, right? This isn't a... This is an emotional triangle here, and there's jealousy involved and probably also guilt involved. And so Sarah gets very upset, 
And uh, she says, my wrong be upon you. I gave my maid to you in, in your embrace. And when she saw that she had conceived, I became despised in her eyes. The Lord judge between you and me. So basically, Sarah is saying, Abram, fix this. Do something about it. Right? And Abram, he's just like, man, I just want to keep the peace. Right? This is, this is too much. And uh, so Abram says, uh, do to her as you will. Right? So Sarah begins to treat Hagar horribly and basically pushing her out and, and, and does. So Hagar, pregnant, finds herself wandering in the desert. And, uh, and she is in a, in a very bad spot. Uh, and it's interesting that she calls out to the Lord. Now, Hagar is not Jewish, right? Now, again, that's a term that we use today, but she's not from this line of Abram. Uh, but she calls out to God, uh, and the Lord answers her and promises her that her descendants will also be uh, exceedingly great, um, which, is, which is amazing. It's, it reminds us again that God doesn't just care about one people group. He's using one people group, the Jewish people, the Hebrews, to be able to spread his message throughout the world, but God cares about everyone. And Hagar's response to God blessing her uh, in verse 13 of chapter 16 says, Then she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her, you are the God who sees, right? That she recognized that God saw her, you know, and that, that God sees us when we're in those times that we're experiencing injustice, that we feel like we're all alone. God sees us. What, a, what an amazing testimony there from, uh, from Hagar. And so God tells her to go back. And so she does return back to Abram and Sarah. Now, Everything's not just going to be peachy. <laughs> it's still going to be difficult. But God has made sure that she knows uh, that she is not forgotten, that she is seen, uh, and that he will take care of her and her child. Uh, so th then we get to chapter 17, and uh, this is important. It says, when Abram was 99 years old. Right, so we know that Abram left Ur when he was 75. So we are now... 24, maybe 25 years later. Uh, and Abram still does not have a child. Now, I don't know about you, but we kind of have gotten caught up living in this society where things need to happen fast. And if they don't happen fast, we start going a different direction. We say, oh, if this doesn't work out right away, then it must be wrong, so I'm going to try something else. And, uh, and we move quickly from one thing to the next. And it's sometimes important to recognize that the God of all creation um, is not bound by time. And that he takes his time, that he's working slowly throughout our lives. Right? That, that things don't have to happen right away. And that doesn't mean that God isn't with us. And that God isn't still working in our life. And so Abram uh, here, nearly 25 years later, uh, he, uh, he's hoping that things are still, uh, still going to happen. And so God gives him another sign. Uh, God uh, calls out to Abram. He says, I am God, Almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless, and I will make my covenant between uh, me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. Uh, Abraham falls on his face. 
uh, and it, you know, is, is overwhelmed with this uh, reiteration of, of the uh, promise of God. Um, and uh, let's see, yeah, I, I don't want to get, get a, ahead of myself, but this is where God instructs Abram that, hey, there's, a, there's something that I want you to do to, to recognize that you're part of this covenant. And he talks about circumcision. So we have that that, that comes in uh, that was a, a symbol uh, of this group of people um, belonging to God. You know, and this was a little bit different uh, because this happened on, on the eighth day of life. Uh, so the child, it was a reminder to the people that, hey, this child belongs to God, uh, that we belong to God. Uh, this uh, wonderful sign of the covenant that God has, uh, has made. Uh, and then it goes, I, I want to bring this out in verse 17. It says, Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? And shall Sarah, who is uh, 90 years old, bear a child? Uh, and so Abram, uh, and now he is Abraham, as part of the, this reiteration of the covenant, um, that, that he is the first one to laugh. Right? We usually connect the laughing with Sarah, and she does. Uh, but Abraham also, he, he doesn't see how it's going to happen. Uh, he's wondering, you know, how is God going to accomplish this? And so uh, he promises uh, uh, Abraham, and uh, he says that you're going to call your son Isaac. Um, and then time goes on a little bit uh, longer, and then we have these interesting characters that show up uh, they are God's messengers. Uh, they are later kind of referred to as angels. They're, they're uh, heavenly beings, uh, if you will. Uh, but they come, and in verse, uh, chapter 18, you see how Abraham welcomes them in. Uh, he offers them food. He is, uh, has a huge amount of hospitality uh, to take care of the stranger. Um, and they start talking, and they ask where Abraham's wife is, where is Sarah, uh, and they say, when we come back in a year, you will be, she will be with child. And this is when Sarah laughs, uh, right? And then there's actually an interaction where she talks to the, to the uh, messengers and uh, talks to the Lord and, and says, why did you laugh? And she says, I didn't laugh, right? I mean, it, human nature is human nature, right? When, anytime we feel uh, like we may be in the wrong, uh, our default is to, to, to lie about it, to try to, to skirt the truth a little bit. And, and actually, Sarah, it says she laughed in her heart. So she, it wasn't like a, 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 an LOL. It wasn't a laugh out loud. Uh, but she did. That, she laughed. She wondered, how could this be? And of course, God knew that. Uh, and God doesn't chastise for, uh, her for that, but just reiterates, no, this is what's going to happen. Uh, and that's it is very important uh, to understand. God called this people group, but the only way that this people group would exist is w- with God's divine power, that he was going to create this. This was not something that Abram and Sarah just came up with on their own because they couldn't have. They could not have started a nation of people that still impacts the world today on their own because she did not have any children and could not have children and was too old to have children. But God intervenes and you see God's hand in the very beginning of this nation of people. Then we have kind of a, 
kind of a, an offshoot where, where Abram is now talking to, uh, to the Lord and, and there's this debate between the Lord's messengers. He sent them to Abram, but Abraham, but now he's actually sending them to Sodom. And uh, they have this kind of conversation. It's like, well, should we let Abraham in on what we're doing? And they decide, yes, we're going to. Uh, remember, Abraham has been uh, called a righteous man because of his faith. And now he's going to, to be able to, to find out what trying to be righteous and trying to do good, that that's, that can be messy. And so we're dealing with the, the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. And basically God tells Abraham, I'm, I'm going to get rid of this city. Uh, they, are, they are evil. Uh, there is no good there. And Abraham starts kind of debating with God, saying, whoa, whoa, what? That sounds harsh. And so it's very interesting because God listens to Abraham. And they have this kind of back and forth. And so Abraham knows that Sodom uh, is, is evil. He, he knows that it's a bad place. Um, and so he, he starts off and says, well, well, are there 50, if there's 50 good people, 50 righteous people there, would you withhold your judgment? And God says, okay, yeah, I'll do that. And then Abraham realized, wait, this is Sodom. There's probably not 50. We better start lowering that. And so he lowers it by five. And he says, what about for five less than that? which is kind of interesting. He doesn't say 45. He says, well, just five less. That's not very many. And God says, yeah, for 45, I'll do that. And then Abram just keeps going down and uh, gets down to the number 10. And uh, he says, well, if, if there are 10 good people, righteous people in Sodom, would you withhold your judgment? And God says, yes, if there are 10, I will do that. And, uh, and so he sends his messengers who have just been uh, treated very well by Abram, Abraham, and now they go to Sodom. And it's, it's a fairly horrific story that happens here. So the messengers go, they go find Lot, uh, and Lot uh, sees them. Lot, like I said, is an interesting character. Um, he's not a horrible person, but he makes some really bad decisions. And so he's living in Sodom, uh, which was not a good good decision, but he actually welcomes them in and tries to protect them, um, which was, was very important and showed that he, he hadn't fully <laughs> given in to the, the evil desires of, of Sodom. Um, and then he's, so he's there, he's trying to protect these group of people. And then the, the scripture says that uh, the men of Sodom, both old and young, uh, that all of them came and surrounded the house. Right? So it's making the point that the whole city, both young and old, is just infected uh, with, with sinfulness uh, and, and evil. And they come out and they say, hey, we want those men. Uh, and specifically, they wanted the men so that they could have sex with them. They wanted to rape them. This clearly is a problem. Uh, this clearly is evidence uh, of the evil that was there. Um, some people have focused just on the fact that they were desire, these, this group of men was desiring to have sex with this, the, these other two uh, men and said, that's the main sin. I don't, I don't think you can uh, say that that's just the main sin. That was a symptom of all of the sinfulness that was going on. Another aspect to this that is a huge contrast that I think is very clear in Scripture is the way that these people wanted to treat the visitor 
the, the outsider, the way that they were treating the outsider versus the way that Abraham treated the outsider. Right? That becomes a, a, a thing that God talks about throughout is, is how you treat uh, the outsider, the ones that are, that are traveling, the visitors, that you treat them with compassion and hospitality. Uh, Abraham did that. Very stark difference in the way uh, that the people of Sodom were treating an outsider. And so they're trying to do that. Uh, Lot, he comes out, he closes the door. It's interesting, he says, and I think he probably closed the door because he didn't want his family to hear what was going on. And he says, well, no, don't, don't do that. Don't, don't uh, <laughs> do what you want to do to to the, the men. Here are my daughters. Okay, what? We don't. We have no idea what's going on here. I, I have. I don't know if he would have gone through with that, or if he was just using that because he knew that they wouldn't want to do that, um, and he was trying to defuse the situation. Really, don't know. But clearly, it, it shows some of Lot's character as well. Uh, the people don't want that. Uh, the the messengers of God reach and grab Lot, pull him back in, uh, and then they uh, they blind. The, the people there where they can't see what they're doing and they finally disperse. And so that leads to God saying, no, we're, we're getting rid of this city. We are handling this sin, which again speaks to uh, God. God despises what sin does and what it does uh, to society. Um, and in very rare occasions, God specifically acts like this. And so he is going to wipe Sodom off uh, the face of the earth. Um, he gives Lot a chance. Uh, Lot kind of wishy-washy. He's like, okay, I guess we'll go. Uh, some of his son-in-laws don't come with him. Uh, basically, they're pulling them out. Um, and Lot is begrudgingly going uh, with these, the messengers. And there's the, the famous uh, um, verse and, and a story uh, that Lot's wife looks back uh, which had been specifically told not to do, that you just need to be looking forward, you're moving away, and she turns into a pillar of salt. It's interesting on that. We, we don't know exactly what happened. We don't know if she was miles and miles away and turned back and turned into a pillar of salt. It's kind of some of the wording there indicates that it, it may have been that she turned around and went back um, and actually went back to Sodom. And all of the fire and brimstone actually created salt. <laughs> so that could be what, what happened. But we know that, that she was disobeying God, that she was desiring the things of Sodom more than what was to come in, in front of her. And she paid the, the price for that. And so then it ends. I, I have to mention this because it's in there. And if you read along, you're going to say, what in the world is happening? Again, this is the Bible just being honest, which to me, shows that these things actually happened, because why would you put this in there if it didn't? Uh, so Lot is now with his two daughters, and that's pretty much his only family. These are the ones that he had offered up to the mob. Well, now they realize, well, who are we going to marry? And we need to have children, and we need to have family. So they get Lot drunk, very drunk, um, and they conceive a child with their father, which is horrible. It's also, remember back in Noah, this is one of the ways that the Bible is reinforcing the dangers of alcohol. <laughs> it's interesting that it brings it up, um, that there is major da danger that comes with that. And the Bible is not against that. In fact, there are times that it says 
you need to do this in celebration and in certain uh, uh, religious uh, things. So it's not against the drinking of, of alcohol, but it sure shows the dangers of it too. Uh, and it's very clear about that. Um, chapter 20, that, gets us, that kind of closes out uh, the, the saga with Lot. And in chapter 20, uh, we have Abraham uh, again, and they are, they are uh, traveling Abraham again runs into this guy Abimelech and lies about Sarah, uh, and God intervenes, and Abimelech kind of chastises Abraham, saying, what are you doing? You nearly got me (laughs) in trouble uh, with your God. So Abimelech actually has a respect for God that we see, um, and uh, and so, uh, but but God does, does spare Abimelech, and again, keeps Abraham and Sarah together. Um, So now Sarah uh, is uh, uh, becoming pregnant, and in the next chapter we're going to see Isaac, which now really begins the descendants of Abraham, and we start to see how God works through this people group. Uh, So I encourage you to start reading the next next few chapters, probably uh, chapter 21 through 25 um, for next time. Uh, And if if you want to read ahead, read ahead. Uh, But I hope that you're enjoying our journey through Scripture. We'll see you next time.